premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Ruciello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, this is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And as always, folks, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace of and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to our Thursday night Bible study. Wow, folks, can you believe that uh, it's already Thursday night? I feel like it was just, uh, just yesterday that we did our Sermon Sunday broadcast, and uh, if you listened to that, if you heard that, whether it was live or on the replay or on the podcast, um, I hope that you got a real blessing out of our Sermon Sunday broadcast. That message, the door of God's mercy, uh, was a real blessing for me uh, to prepare it and uh, to deliver the message. And uh, I, I got such good feedback from it, so I, I really do appreciate everybody that has listened in on it. Uh, really, folks, thank you so very, very much for your comments. Um, it was a little bit different than uh, we normally do. You know, normally we, when we preach on a, on a Sunday, it's, it's a lot of Bible turning. This was more of telling a story in that type of style than it, uh, than it was uh, an expository type message. But uh, it was a blessing to do it, and I, and I hope you were able to catch it. And if you weren't, don't forget, uh, just uh, you can head on over to any one of the podcasting platforms that we're on, uh, and you could always, always give another listen, uh, and I would appreciate that. Now, it's uh, Thursday, and uh, we are going to be getting into our Bible study in just a little bit. And uh, last Thursday, we finished our study of Second Timothy. And, I mean, really, you think about that study. What an amazing study that was. I got a tremendous blessing out of it. It was an incredible time that we spent in that book. And um, it just seems like, you know, the Lord was, was actually trying to teach me something just as much as, as, as uh, you know, we were trying to teach others about what the book has. And, um, I mean, I remember when we started and, and uh, that, first, that first lesson we did on it where we got kind of caught up and stuck on the word grace in Second uh, Timothy chapter 1. Uh, and we went the entire length of the show just talking about the grace of God and the grace that the Lord provides to us and uh, the different types of grace. It was We talked about uh, uh, giving grace. We talked about dying grace. We talked about great task grace. We talked about suffering grace. Uh, it, we, we talked about so many different types of grace that the Lord provides to us. And um, the, the, the incredible thing was is that God was actually teaching me something. And, uh, 
it, 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 it didn't really hit me until after we did the study. But, you know, those studies that we that we went through, I mean, those were prepared weeks in advance. God knew weeks in advance at the time that I was going to teach these things that I was going to need those particular studies. So we talked about the different types of grace. And then we, we talked about enduring hardness, which was a tremendous study. I mean, that was a real blessing. And, uh, and again, if you've missed any of these, I would really encourage you to go and check them out. Uh, you can find them on Good Pods, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, uh, TuneIn, uh, all the different platforms that we're on. So I would encourage you to go check them out. They really were some amazing studies, and I am so thankful to the Lord that uh, that he was able to provide them uh, to me and for us. So, um, But we came to a conclusion in Second uh, Timothy chapter 4 last week where it was, uh, you know, Paul was exhorting Timothy. And again, yet another lesson for myself in all of this as well. Paul was was exhorting Timothy to stay the course, keep on track, don't deviate, stay with the message, keep preaching, keep teaching, don't let this thing go away. And then Paul went into, of course, what we called his last will and testament, as it was, because shortly after Paul completed that letter, Paul was executed at the hand of the Roman Empire. So um, what a, a cr- incredible, incredible study we had in Second Timothy. And now what we'll be doing tonight, and I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, is we're going to be getting into the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation. Now, again, this is the first time I will ever be teaching the book of Revelation. So I am stoked. I am excited to get into it tonight. And uh, I've sat under some great, great teaching on the book of Revelation. I have also sat under some not-so-great teaching out of the book of Revelation. So uh, I'm hoping and I'm praying, of course, that uh, more of the good stuff that I've learned in Revelation will come out than the not-so-good stuff. But uh, it's going to be interesting to get into. Now, tonight it's going to be kind of like just an introduction to the book overall. And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of background information about the book and terms and definitions that are going to keep popping up as we go through the study. Uh, And then, Lord willing, next week, next Thursday, we're going to dive right into uh, verse by verse into chapter number one of this amazing, amazing book. So I hope you're ready for class tonight. I hope you have your notebook and I hope you have your pens, your pencils and everything else that you're going to need uh, to get into the study tonight. But before we do that, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, visit our contact section, open up that web form, and send us over a message. Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And of course, as always, your prayer requests. I look forward to your prayer requests. I I tell you every week, uh, I find it a tremendous privilege that you trust me uh, with your prayers, your prayer requests, and um, 
it's a great privilege for me to be able to pray with you and for you for those needs that you've expressed to me. So thank you so very much for that and for your trust, and uh, God bless you for it. So please keep those those uh, prayer requests coming. Now, if you don't like to use the web form, hey, that's fine. That's why we set up the email address. So you can email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, also, while you're on the website, would you please look for the Support This Podcast button? And then when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Now, I know that it might be hard for you to commit to a monthly recurring contribution. You know, the economy's tight for everybody. I understand that. Uh, that's why we also made it possible that you can do a one-time contribution by using the Christian crowdsourcing, uh, crowdfunding uh, a site called Waygiver. And we have a button on our website for Waygiver. You can just click that and you can make your contribution through there. Or uh, we've also recently added a Cash App QR code to the website for the show. And all you need to do is just scan that or you can use the uh, the dollar sign or the, it's a stroke technically. Use, you can use the dollar sign, the SOTS podcast and you can make your contribution through there as well. But folks, I want you to pray about it. And if the Lord leads you to do it, and if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, first and foremost, before we get into anything else with the show, I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, first of all, for, for saving my wretched soul. Um, I, I was on the fast track to hell, and I wasn't even looking back. I was doing everything you can possibly imagine to get me to hell faster than, than a speeding bullet. And, uh, but the Lord Jesus Christ, in his mercy, he directed some people in my path. He pointed me in the right direction. Uh, he led me to a uh, to a, uh, a, a a Sunday night radio program uh, on an AM station in New York City, and when I listened to that station uh, that one Sunday night for the first time, I heard the gospel truly presented in a way that literally scared the hell out of me. It was a message on Helen who's going there. It was a similar type of message than the one we gave you a couple of Sundays ago on the reality of hell. And uh, it, it, I, I heard that message, and it was like at the end of every sentence, I heard a voice say, you got that, Joe? Hey, Joe, I'm talking to you. You're going to hell, Joe, but you don't have to. And that gospel message came in loud and clear. And I remember I called up that radio show uh, just a couple of days later, and I finally spoke to the, the preacher. And he met with me, and on the middle of a in the middle of a pier, in the middle of a pier, on Canal Street and West Street, in the middle of Lower Manhattan in New York City. He gave me the gospel. I heard the Lord Jesus Christ come through that message crystal clear. I got on my knees in the middle of that pier in Lower Manhattan, and I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save me. And that moment, at that exact moment. He did. 
and that was 23 years ago. And yeah, I've had my ups and downs. I've had my failures. I've had my setbacks. And trust me and believe me when I tell you that I've let the Lord down more times than I would care to admit. But where I was unfaithful, the Lord was more faithful. And I am so thankful for that. I'm thankful that he saved me. And I'm thankful that the Lord gave me this opportunity right here, right now, where I am. The opportunity to sit here, to open up the Word of God, to uh, just to share the things that I've learned in my studies, and um, for all of us to be together here and to kind of pull our ignorance together and try to glean something from the Word of God that we could apply to our lives and that we can use when we go out and we talk to folks about the Lord Jesus Christ and their need to get saved. So it's a tremendous opportunity, it's a tremendous blessing, and it's also a privilege, and it's one that I don't take very lightly. So, uh, again, thank you to the Lord for that. I also want to say thank you to all of our current supporters, those of you who support us prayerfully. God bless you for your prayers. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate getting your, your, your messages, letting me know that you're praying for me, my family, the ministry, uh, everything that we're, we're trying to do here. Thank you so much for your prayers. Please continue to pray for us. Um, as believers, you know, we are under a constant spiritual attack. It's, it doesn't matter what you're doing or where. Uh, as a matter of fact, the only way you're going to, the only way you're, you know that you're really in the mix and that you're really in the heart of the battle, that you're really living for the Lord is because you're under those spiritual attacks. When, uh, when the devil leaves you alone, there's a reason for it. So stay with, stay the course, keep fighting the good fight of faith, stay with it, endure the hardness as a good soldier, uh, impart uh, you know, uh, take part in the grace that God has for you and, um, and, you know, keep praying and keep being involved. Also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. God bless you for that. Thank you so much for your contributions. Your contributions really do. And I, tell you, I know I've said it before, but your contributions really do go a long way. Um, your contributions help pay for the studio that we use and some of the platforms that we use that uh, require monthly payments. Uh, we are so, so very close to being able to purchase a case of Bibles that we can give away to folks when they get saved. Uh, or if you know someone's listening and they can't afford a Bible, uh, they can reach out to us and we'll be happy to send them one. So uh, it's, a, it's a great blessing to be a part of, and thank you so very much uh, for your financial contributions. And, of course, I want to say thank you to every single one of our listeners, every one of you. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for playing. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for what you do with the show because uh, we are listed as uh, the number one podcast on four charts on the, on the Good, Far, Good Pods platform, which is fantastic. And it's something that is such a blessing and it's and so important because if you're anything like me, when I go to a podcasting platform, I look to see if there's charts. And if there are charts, I look to see who the top charts are, the top of the charts are. And I do that and I listen and I check them out. By us being on those charts, I mean, somebody who's looking for a podcast like ours, or maybe not even looking for one like ours. It's somebody who's just checking us out. Um, they're going to get the gospel because we do the very best we can on every show we do to present the gospel in a clear, concise, and easy-to-understand way and in a way that you can apply it to your life. So that's a great blessing. And, and because of your listens, your downloads, your plays, we're on those charts. And I am so thankful for that. 
and God bless you for it. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you are looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is just head on over to the church's Facebook page. And uh, to get there, just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And once you get over there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information. And you'll also find episodes of this podcast. And again, I want to say thank you to Pastor John Monk, my pastor and my friend, for uh, allowing us to post our show on the church's Facebook page. Because, you know, I don't have Facebook. And... uh, And I wouldn't be able to do it unless the church allowed me to put it there. And so I want to say thank you also to the folks who run the the, uh, Facebook page for the church uh, for taking care of all that for us. God bless you, and uh, thank you so very, very much. But you know, folks, um, wherever it is that you're listening, be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're on a platform that you could uh, you can give us a five-star rating, like Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, and others, I'm sure, uh, please, if you feel that we deserve a five-star, hit that five-star. Help us boost that algorithm. Keep us up there in the search results when people search on, on search engines like uh, like Google and Bing and, uh, and DuckDuckGo and and all the others. So uh, uh, that's that that really helps us spread the gospel. All right. Let's see. Where are we going now? It is time. So it is time for our announcements, and I guarantee you, before the end of the show, I'm going to get an email about using that. You'll see. All right. Uh, So I just want to remind you folks that uh, our Sermon Sunday broadcast is at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, live here on Spreaker, and then uploaded to all of our podcasting platforms within about an hour afterwards. And uh, last Sunday, we had a really good service on uh, the door of God's mercy. And we talked about Noah, the ark, and the flood. And you might be asking yourself, well, what did all that have to do with God's mercy? Listen to the show, and you'll find out. The door of God's mercy. Check it out. And uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to have another uh, sermon uh, prepared for you. And uh, I'm not exactly sure where we're going to be yet, but uh, you'll find out on Sunday. So make sure you tune in 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, or check out the podcast about an hour after. Now, folks, are you interested in prepping? If you are, I'd like to recommend the Contra Radio Network. You can find them at www.crn.best. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast hosting nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content virtually daily. 
The Contra Radio Network podcast uh, releases 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on current events, and has several thousand downloads a month and hundreds of thousands of downloads since coming on the air in 2014. No issues are off limits to any of these patriots. You want to break down the current events? Got it. You want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency? Got that, too. Want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Hey, we have that. Want to hear about politics, sports, Bible studies, camping, firearms, and more? The Contra Radio Network has it all covered and in spades. And uh, we are very thankful that we are part of the Contra Radio Network. And since we've been with the Contra Radio Network, we have seen uh, some really good numbers in our downloads for all of our shows. So thank you so much for that. And again, folks, if you're interested in that, check them out at www.crn.best. And, you know, I, I don't just read the stuff and tell you about it, and I don't do it myself. I do. I listen to the Contra Radio Network at least twice a day, um, or at least on days when they when they put out new content. And uh, they have some really good programming. Uh, Prepping 2.0 is a great show. I really enjoyed the last couple of episodes that I've listened to. Uh, there's another show that I've, I've listened to called uh, The David Knight Show. Uh, he put out a show last week that I listened to that was really excellent, excellent, tied politics and the Bible together, which is great. I love that and uh, did a really good job on it as well. And then there's also another show that I've listened to called The Von Wehunt Show, which is uh, quite interesting, to say the least. Um, uh, handle with care if you're going to go listen to that one. Uh, but still put out a very good product uh, and, and quality show. So check them out, www.crn.best. You have to put the www, otherwise you're going to get a page error. All right, folks, don't forget to uh, head over to the Sword of the Spirit podcast.com and look for the programming announcements subscription box on the website and get yourself on the mailing list. And all that really is that when you have when we have a show, uh, or any kind of change to the show, I should say, whether it's time, date, uh, if if we're going to have a guest on the show, uh, we will be sending out the programming announcements email. Uh, so it's free. We don't sell your information. It strictly stays with us. And um, it's important for you to be in the know because, like I think it was last week or the week before, you know, we weren't able to get the show going. Uh, we were a little late. We were about an hour behind, and we were able to send out that email and let the folks on the email list know about it. All right, so uh, it's free. Again, www. Oh, listen to me. <laughs> I'm stuck on the Contra Radio Network. Uh, head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com and uh, check out the programming, programming announcements subscription. Also, while you're on our website, don't forget to visit the Sword Swag section. And uh, what's in the Sword Swag? Well, you have our wonderful... Uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast ceramic coffee mugs, which I have right here. And tradition dictates that I have to take a sip of this wonderfully delicious hot coffee from the Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug. And I have to slurp it so you know I'm really doing it. All right, so here we go. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, that's hot. <laughs> All right, so um, the uh, Sword of the Sp Spirit podcast coffee mug is uh, yours for a $25 contribution. And also, we have our really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts in men's and women's style. Uh, that is a $35 contribution. And so you can head over to the website, uh, go to the Sword Swag section, 
You'll find a little info button there. Click that. Send me your mailing address, your contact information, and I will send you the link to where you can make your contribution. Or you could scan that Cash App QR code and just include all of your mailing information in the note, and we will get that out to you. All right, and uh, one more announcement before we go to our first break of the evening. Uh, First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass will be having a yard sale on March the 4th. Uh, So you are invited, if you are in the Eagle Pass area, to uh, come on over and visit us at 664 North Monroe uh, for our uh, First Baptist Church yard sale. All right. Well, that brings us to our first break of the evening. We are going to be back just after a couple of minutes, but don't forget, while you're waiting... Head over to uh, your uh, favorite podcasting platform, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. I will joyfully sing in the morning. I will joyfully sing all the day. I'll sing praises to thee in the morning. For the Lord is the strength of my day. I will lift up my eyes in the morning, for the Lord will not turn me away. I'll sing praises to thee in the morning, for the Lord is the strength of my day. sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, 
Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, folks, don't forget to head over to uh, our Sword of the Spirit podcast chat group. If you have a Spreaker account and you are currently logged in, uh, you can get into that chat group and uh, join the fun. Um, I don't see anybody in there just yet, but uh, they'll be there shortly. I'm pretty sure of that. All right. Well, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And uh, let me tell you, wasn't that a great song? Amazing grace, amazing love. Uh, that's one, probably uh, another one of those favorites of mine. Yeah, I know every song I play, I tell you is a favorite, but that it's true though. I mean, they're they're all great songs, and that's why I pick them. Uh, I figure they're a blessing to me. They might be a blessing to you, and maybe somebody out there needs to hear something like that. All right, uh, let's see. We are going to move into our prayer requests and. Um, this is our Thursday night show, so we don't go into such great detail on our Thursday night show. Um, but um, there is something that I must, must, must announce as we go through. And um, it's something that I should have announced last week, but shame on me. I, uh, I didn't do it. But I'm going to announce it today, and which is great. And I'm very excited to do it and uh, looking forward to it. All right, so we are going to pray for those that are in need of salvation, first and foremost, because salvation is the single most important decision that you can make. Uh, 
And uh, it's important because it has eternal consequences. Now, uh, we've been going over the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about um, salvation. We've been talking about heaven and hell and uh, God's mercy and grace. And it's important, folks, because it's an important decision that you have to make. Uh, You can make no decision and end up in hell, or you can make the right decision and end up in glory in heaven. And uh, so we want to pray for the folks in our prayer list here today that they would make the right decision. All right, first and foremost, we're praying for my mom, Diane, my sister, Laura. We're praying for David up in New York City. Uh, We are praying for all of the unsaved members of the Baldino family, and uh, they're all in need of salvation. And... uh, It's important, folks. It's very, very important. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for those that are on our prayer list for for their need of salvation. We're thankful for each one of them, for the lives they have. And Lord, we pray that, Father God, you would just touch each and every one of them. Lord, that you would draw them to yourself. Lord, that you would impress upon their hearts their immediate need of salvation. And Lord, we pray that uh, there wouldn't be any delay because now is the day of salvation. Now is the time where um, is the easiest to be saved because all you need to do is put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, to put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, we just pray for Diane, Laura, David, the uh, unsaved members of the Baldino family, and we commit them to you, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, going on down to our sick list. Uh, we're praying for, uh, for Pastor Martin, praying for, uh, for his, uh, his heart condition. We're praying for his vision. We're praying for his uh, blood pressure concerns. Uh, and we're very thankful for Pastor Martin and for his life and service to the Lord. We're also praying for Mary Perez, uh, who's fighting cancer, my mom with COPD, uh, my sister Laura with a slipped disc in her back, uh, Bernice, who, uh, who is uh, still uh, battling cancer and uh, uh, was scheduled for an appointment today for uh, a next series and round of treatments, and uh, we'll have an update for you uh, later this week, uh, probably by Sunday. Uh, so uh, we're praying for Bernice. We're also praying for Janae for her heart concern. We're praying for Fairman for uh, his uh, for his fight with cancer and the infection that uh, he is now uh, dealing with. On top of it, we're also praying for Sharon Baldino uh, with cancer. Uh, Martin Mata uh, is fighting lymphoma and type of cancer, and we're also praying uh, for Nicole's grandmother. Uh, who is having a procedure this week to insert a catheter for dialysis. So, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for each one of those that are on our prayer list for our, their, their sick concerns and needs. Father, we just lift each and every one of them up to you. Father God, we just pray that you would just touch each heart, each body, each life, that you would give each of them that measure of grace that they need uh, to deal with uh, the situations that they find themselves in. Father, we uh, lift them all up to you. We ask you, Father God, that you would bring healing, that you would uh, bring comfort from any of the treatments that they would all be going through. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, you would heal the hearts, Lord, that you would that you would uh, open up the eyes and the, and clear the vision, uh, Lord. We pray that you would um, bring healing from cancer, Lord. We pray that uh, 
that you would, uh, for any procedures and surgical procedures that will be taking place, we pray that you would, uh, that you would bring, um, would, you would let it go without any major complications. And Lord, that you would heal any infections or anything that's, that's, uh, that's weighing folks down. Father, we thank you so much for all that you do and for all the grace and the mercy that you show us. And we will thank you again for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, moving on down the prayer list, uh, we're going to be praying for uh, Jude, my brother-in-law, for his business and uh, for his contracting business up in New York, um, and also for his uh, time away from home. He is currently in Sri Lanka, so we're praying for him and for his safety and protection while he's there. We're praying for George, uh, Brother George from church, for his business. We're praying for Angel for her pregnancy. We're praying for her husband, Alex, and his job. Uh, We're praying for Isabella. For her walk with the Lord, Jessica has asked for prayer for her walk with the Lord. Uh, Alex Herrera is uh, is uh, in need of prayer for uh, his his job and his current financial situation and living arrangements, uh, and uh, and also for uh, his ability to continue to care for his dad Furman. Uh, we're also praying for Jerry and Rebecca who are in uh, training for the Border Patrol in New Mexico. Uh, We're praying for all of our Border Patrol officers and agents, National Guard and law enforcement that are working down here on the border. Uh, We're also praying for our local, state, and federal elected officials. And uh, we're also going to be praying and continuing to pray for the folks in Syria and Turkey uh, for the uh, earthquake that that they've gone through and for the recovery from that, and also for the folks in, um, in East Palestine, Ohio, uh, with this uh, train derailment situation that they've been dealing with and these, these, uh, these uh, deadly chemicals that have been burning off in that, in that area. So, Heavenly Father, we want to lift up every one of those folks that are on our prayer list here today uh, for Jude, George, uh, Angel, Isabella, Jessica, Alex, Jerry, Rebecca, uh, for all of the Border Patrol officers and agents, National Guard and law enforcement, uh, we're lifting up our local, state, and federal elected officials. And, folks, we're praying continually for the folks in Syria and Turkey and for the folks in East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, Lord, we just commit all of them to you, Lord. We just pray that you would just touch each one, Lord, that you would answer their prayers according to their need. And, Lord, we would thank you uh, for doing so. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, and uh, moving on down to our unspoken prayer requests. Now, the unspoken prayer requests are just simply that. They're prayer requests that uh, perhaps the person requesting the prayer uh, couldn't find the right words to, to uh, express the need, or perhaps it's something that's, uh, that's very personal and then they can't give details of it, but we know that the Lord knows exactly what those needs are, and it's our prayer today, Heavenly Father, that you would answer all of the unspoken prayers of our hearts according to your perfect will for us and for our lives. Today, Lord, we think about Eduardo Rodriguez for his unspoken prayer requests. We think about Larissa for her unspoken prayer request, Mike Elizalde for his, Mario for his, and, of course, uh, for the unspoken prayer that I have listed as well. Father God, we know that you know what each one of those requests are about. And, Father, we pray that you would answer those prayers according to your perfect will. And, Lord, that you would receive all the honor and the glory that's due. And, Lord, that uh, you would help us and enable us to accept the answer to those prayers and to all the prayers on our prayer list today. And we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
All right, folks. Now, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, feel free to email them to me at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, or you can head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and submit it through the web form. Either way, I am guaranteed to get it, and we will get it on our prayer list. Now, uh, over in the chat group, is there any prayer requests in the chat group that we need to know about? No? None? Okay. All right, then. Uh, last Sunday, we, we highlighted our Missionary Family of the Month, and that was the Zrake family serving in Pawpaw, New Guinea. So I w- we would encourage you to continue to pray for the Zrake family uh, in their service to the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, folks, uh, let's see, any questions? No listener questions. But we do have a birthday that we are going to uh, celebrate today. Uh, Greg Sellis has reached out to us and let us know that uh, today, actually, on the day, is his birthday. So, Greg, on behalf of the Sword of the Spirit podcast family and, uh, and from myself, we'd like to wish you a very happy birthday. God bless you. And it's our prayer that the Lord gives you many, many more. Happy birthday, Greg. Okay, Greg, happy birthday once again from the Sword of the Spirit podcast and the Sword of the Spirit podcast family. God bless you, and we hope that the Lord blesses you with many, many, many more birthdays. All right, folks, well, it is about that time where we're going to take a short break, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee, a bottle of water, and when we come back, and I'm really excited, we're going to be getting into today's Bible study on our introduction to the book of Revelation. So this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And we'll be right back after this.
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Um, We're going to, I am so excited to get into this study tonight. I've been looking forward to this for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I've been talking about it, praying about it. And, uh, you know, folks, uh, you've listened in to study, in some respects, the grandest book in the Word of God. Now, the whole book is grand. The King James Bible, the whole book is grand from beginning to end. But this is the capstone. This is the, um, the, the, the cream on the cake, the book of Revelation. And of course, you know, it's a book that's hated. It's much feared. It's very misunderstood. You know, men resent being told the future by an authoritative source, and particularly if it, if it has a negative connotation to it. Man has, and of course when I say man... Uh, I mean mankind, <clears throat> man, by nature, wants to believe that everything 
will turn out all right. Isn't that true? Don't you find that to be true? He just wants to believe that, you know, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Well, there's a whole heap of things looming on the horizon that are not going to turn out okay. But you're listening tonight to try to gain some biblical insight to it. And I'm glad you are. And if you'll stick with it for all the weeks that lie in front of us, you'll gain a great advantage in this study. I can assure you of that. Now, tonight, I'm going to give you a few terms that you're going to need to know as part of this introduction to the book. I'm going to be giving you a lot of terms. I'm going to be giving you uh, definitions and cross-references and verses as we go through this entire study. It's impossible, though, to spend a lot of time on all of them. So I would encourage you to write them down, uh, look them up when you have your quiet time with the Lord. You know, if you read them and you meditate on them, you'll benefit from them many, many, many times more. Now, one of the first terms that we want to look at is the term Babylon. Babylon, it's a political and religious system originating in that ancient city and continuing through history as representing apostate religion. Uh, Revelation chapter 17, Revelation chapter 18 indicate that religious Babylon will be prominent in the end times as a tool of the Antichrist. Now, Honestly, folks, if you're one of those people that say, you know, I don't believe in talking about other religions, but you're not going to do well here. <laughs> you, you really won't. I'm sorry. It'll be hard for you because you can't study the book of Revelation without talking about religion. It would be an absolute impossibility. And did you know why that is? Because God talks about it. Now, as the book of Revelation develops for us, we're going to see that this, um, this Babylonian, ancient, um, often called Etruscan mystery religion has been around for thousands of years, and it, but has just been disguised by different names and in different forms. But it's consistently been the same religion. And we will discover that that religion today is embraced by the Roman Catholic Church. Now, I know anytime you say that, there's someone that gets a little upset and accuses you of talking about other people's religion. So I'm going to put my disclaimers on that right from the start. People misunderstand and think you're talking against Catholics. We're not talking against Catholics. Did you know the majority of my family are Roman Catholic? You know, I still pray for their salvation. Do you think I hate them? No, of course not. I love them, right? I care about them. I mean, we pray for my mom. We pray for my sister at the start of every show. I care about them. I want, I want to see them get saved. I desire their salvation. So it's not a personal thing. It's a religious organization kind of thing. Most of the people in America today that would call them, uh, most of the people in America today that would call themselves Protestant don't even know what that means. Protestant. A Protestant comes from the root word protest. Do you know what a Protestant is? Have you ever checked into a hospital and, uh, and the paper they give you, the, uh, the admission form says, you know, religion, and you wrote down Protestant? Did you ever do that? Well, what you were saying was that you're a protester. Did you ever call yourself a Protestant? Now, if you were in the military, did you ever go to a Protestant chapel service? Did you ever call yourself a Protestant? So who was an early Protestant? 
Well, how about Martin Luther? He was a protester. He protested, and he came out of the Roman Catholic Church, and he formed what's now known today as the Lutheran Church. Did you ever hear of a man named uh, John Knox? John Knox was a protester, and the Presbyterians came out of there. Did you ever hear of the Wesley brothers? The Wesley, the Wesley brothers, they, uh, they formed the Methodist Church. They were protesters. Are you with me? Now, and, and by the way, th- there was always a group of people around that weren't protesters. They weren't ever Protestants because God always had a little group of people back throughout all of history that never were part of the mother church and, and didn't have to protest when they came out. Now, they've been called by a variety of names over the years. And uh, I'm actually considering doing a study on church history at some point down the road. And uh, all of that's going to be covered there. So I'm not going to spend any real amount of time on that tonight. But um, these folks have been called everything from Waldensians to Huguenots to Paulicans to Anabaptists, you know, to all kinds of things as you trace it back through history. So by the, by the very nature of the information that, that's here in front of us in the book of Revelation, we must consider and we have to be faithful to the Word of God and we must consider religion. All right, the next word that we need to look at and understand is the word dispensationalism. All right, now, now this is a word that's used to uh, designate a specific divine economy a commitment from God to man of a responsibility to discharge that which God has appointed him. Now, dispensationalism, that's a biblical word, dispensations. And uh, when we move into the book of Revelation, we move into a new dispensation, a new time frame. And, uh, you know, for the past couple of weeks at the opening segments of the show, I've been talking about uh, the the dispensation that's going to pick up when the church gets raptured out and the 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 time of the book of Revelation kicks in. Now, not all dispensations are alike. In fact, they're all, they're all different. All right? Um, the next one that we're going to need to know and understand is premillennialism. Premillennialism. Now, uh, these terms that I'm giving are terms that you need to go over and you need to get familiar with because these are all words that uh, we're going to use frequent, frequently in studying the book of Revelation. So this term, premillennialism, is a system of theology which holds that Christ will come at the end of the tribulation and personally establish the kingdom. Now, here at the SOTS podcast, we are premillennialist. We're not postmillennialist or amillennialist. We are premillennialist. Now, um, a premillennialist is the only person that can really approach the Bible from cover to cover with a literal interpretation. An amillennialist can't do that. They cannot approach the Bible literally. He has to, you know, somewhere along the line, subject it to um, an allegorical or a symbolic approach or interpretation. We are premillennialist. Do you know why? Because we approach the Bible literally. We say what God says he means, and he means what he says. Amen? So when God says the devil's a dragon in Revelation chapter 12, he's a dragon. We don't have a problem with that. Do you have a problem with the devil being a dragon? 
I believe he's a dragon. I also believe that the devil's an angel of light. Do you know why I believe that? Because God said that too. I also believe he's a serpent. Do you know why? Because God said that too. I also believe he's a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. Do you know why I believe that? Because God said it. So you see, the literal interpretation of the Bible. You know, how many times have you visited with somebody and had a little Bible talk, you know, with Bible language, and, and they said, well, you know, that's just your interpretation. Everybody's heard that. Amen? Everybody has. But you see what they're trying to do? They're trying to make the thing subjective and put it on a, a, a human element. There's only one interpretation if you take the whole thing literally from A to Z. There's only one. It's not mine. It's just a literal interpretation. So we are premillennialists. What does that mean? It just means that we're going to take a literal interpretation of the Bible. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Pre-tribulationism. Pre-tribulationism. This is the view that Christ will return with the church at the end of the tribulation and personally establish the kingdom. Now, the book of Revelation is attacked more than any book in your Bible, and Genesis would be right behind it. And that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Your first and last books are your battlegrounds. Now, of course, folks attack creation. They attack the flood. They attack all that kind of business in Genesis. And as, as much artillery and cannon are leveled against the book of Genesis and the literal interpretation of Genesis, that's not nearly as bothersome to um, you know, the humanistic mind and the mentality as the book of Revelation. And here's why. A literal interpretation of Revelation suggests one thing, and that is that all of man's efforts and all of man's labor to bring in a kingdom and a better society and a better world and all the stuff that we're constantly confronted with in the news media and all the social endeavors of our society are all going to go up in smoke and their worthless outfit with it. Now, who wants to be told that? Amen? I mean, do you think that the head of the Texas State Social Services wants to be told that they're wasting their time? They don't want to hear that. The whole thing is a hoax. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that the whole thing is a hoax and a mess and it's, it's all going to go up in smoke. They don't want to hear that. But you see, that is what Revelation is telling us. It says that one day God is going to burn the whole mess up. And the only kingdom that's ever going to be valuable, the only one that's ever going to be survivable, that's ever going to be worthwhile, that's ever going to be something that you can say, man, we finally got it, we finally arrived, is not the one that man's going to install, but one that God's going to install. That's the book of Revelation, excluding the details. Now, people aren't really fond of that notion. You have to become a real Bible believer to like that idea. Now, personally, I love that idea. And I know I haven't been around as long as some of you, but after 52 years of watching how things work, we come up with one scheme after another, don't we? Lyndon Johnson had the Great Society. 
George H.W. Bush had the New World Order. The current potato has Build Back Better. The WEF has the 2030 Project. You know, um, If you don't know what that is, you should look it up before they take it all down so you can't find it. But in short, the 2030 Project is you'll own nothing and like it. <clears throat> it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat, Republican. You know, Folks get hung up on that. But when you get the veneer off and you really get to the motives and the methods of operation, it's all about the same deal. It's man trying to bring in a better world, a better society, a better this, a better that. And in spite of all the effort, in spite of all the endeavors, it, seemed like, it seems like it's all just going downhill. You know, I heard something recently, and it's something that I could really believe, too, that said uh, 30 years ago, um, 30 years ago was what, 1993, right? They said it takes to live on the same level that you lived in 1993. It takes 10 times more income today. 10 times in 30 years. So I calculated that. Now, in 1993, I was making $28,000 a year. That would be $280,000. I think I could say I'm a little short. <laughs> Amen. I'm short, man. It's not working out. And it probably isn't for most of you either. And that's just the economy. So in reality, in reality, I was better off in 1993. But, um, you know, let's discount the economy for a bit because, you know, economies come and go. Let's talk about um, like uh, when would you rather have your wife or daughter walk down a dark street at nine or 10 o'clock at night? Now or 1993? Mm-hmm. You know, when I went to high school, I can remember one girl that got pregnant in high school. And it was a pretty big high school, too. Now they have nurseries to take care of the kids in the high school. So do you think things are getting better? I don't think things are getting better. But when a Bible believer comes along and, comes along and says, hey, pay attention. I don't think things are getting any better. You're resented. This is the approach to the book of Revelation. So consequently, a lot of artillery is aimed at trying to uh, discount the credibility of the book. So let's quickly see what those primary shots are. All right. Those shots that are aimed at the book of Revelation. Well, first of all, let's look at the significance of the date of the writing. <clears throat> now, there's a theological system that teaches that the events described in Revelation have, in the main, already been fulfilled. So in other words, all that stuff that we're going to read about, you know, the trumpets and the seals, the vials, we're going to read about uh, a pit opening up and hybrid, weird, demonic creatures crawling out, terrorizing men and stinging them like scorpions for five months— you know, this is the stuff of horror movies, man. This is stuff that they came out with in Hollywood like 50, 60 years ago, you know. And we're going to read all about that stuff. We're going to read about a one-world government under a beast, the Antichrist, and another beast, the false prophet. We're going to read about a cashless society. We're going to read about when your cash won't do you any good. You know, when you go to the store, I just want you to notice how many people still pay with cash. Not many, right? Now we're talking about getting little implants with all of your information on it so you can buy and sell. 
You know, you run that little implant over a scanner and you're automatically credited or debited in your account. I mean, even 30 years ago, that stuff seemed so futuristic, right? And today, today, so much of that stuff, I mean, it, it, it's no longer, folks, it's, this isn't science fiction anymore. It's now. It's happening. It's here. So one of the attacks that they put on us is that they say the book of Revelation was written somewhere between 66 and 69 A.D., now, let me tell you why that's important to the folks that don't want a literal interpretation of the book of Revelation. They don't want to believe that the whole thing is going downhill. And the only possible remedy and the only solution, you know, whatsoever it is, is that God and the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, they don't want to believe that, it, that it's... How do I put it? They, they don't want to believe that. Um... Because in, in 70 A.D., a Roman general named Titus came up with all of his soldiers, and he destroyed Jerusalem, and he wiped the place out. Then they crucified thousands. Some estimate hundreds of thousands of Jews on the road to Jerusalem. And he covered them with pitch, and he torched them. I mean, he lit the road with them like street lamps, you know, burning Jews. And people said, well, you know, that's it. That had to be the tribulation. Well, that didn't have to be the tribulation. You know, one of the most common questions asked is, do you think Christians will go through the tribulation? And before we're done with Revelation, I'm going to show you that the answer is absolutely not. But a lot of, the people, get the mis- a lot of people get the mistaken idea that, you know, just because we won't go through the tribulation, they think that Christians won't go through any tribulation. Folks, Christians have been going through tribulation for 2,000 years. And somehow we get the idea that, all of God's program and all of God's clock and all of God's thinking and mentality and timetable has to revolve around the good old USA. Why would that be when only 7% of the world's population lives here? That means that 93% of the world is somewhere else. If you want to watch God's clock, don't watch the United States. If you want to watch God's clock, you watch Israel. You watch Israel. That's always been God's clock. Don't pay attention to Congress and the White House. There's no need to. If you're interested in prophecy, you pay attention to what's going on in the Middle East when they start boring tunnels under the Dome of the Rock. And that's what they've been doing, you know, and we're going to talk about that. That's, that's significant. I'm not going to get into all that stuff now. Man, that's kind of way off the trail. But I can't even tell you how significant that really is. You know, I have a friend that lives in Israel. We grew up together. He was an Orthodox Jew. When he got older, he moved to Israel. He joined the Israeli army. He served for a number of years. Um, You know, and we would talk a lot about spiritual things. He's a very intelligent man, very intelligent. And one day I said to him, I said, you know, someday I assume that you folks plan plan on rebuilding the temple over there, right? He says, oh, yeah, 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 we want to do that. So I said to him, I said, well, it looks like you might have a problem with that Muslim mosque mosque there. You know, the dome on the rock is sitting right on top of where that temple's got to go, if that's the original foundation. I said, how are you going to get around that? And you know what he said? He just smiled at me. And he said, maybe an earthquake. Do you suppose a tunnel could help one? Oh, man, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. 
So the Roman Catholic Church and many theological systems today like to consign the book of Revelation to 66 to 69 A.D. And then they come along with some, some form of legitimacy in their mind, and they say the book of Revelation found the majority of its fulfillment in 70 A.D. when Titus leveled the place. Problem. You know what the problem is? When you study your Bible and study the book of Revelation, the tribulation that's being described for the majority of the book of Revelation is not talking about a tribulation of Jerusalem. It's not even talking about a tribulation for Israel. It's talking about a worldwide tribulation. A worldwide tribulation. Now here's what you get in Revelation. Chapter 1 gives you a picture of an incarnate, resurrected, glorified, returning Jesus Christ. That's what chapter 1 is. Chapter 2 and chapter 3, you have God's letter to the seven churches. In chapter 4, a door opens and something goes up. And what that is, is the rapture of the church. All right, then in Revelation chapter 19, a door opens and something comes down. That's the second advent. In other words, that's the real return of Jesus Christ. When he comes with his bride and with his church, the battle of Armageddon and the millennium on that side. Between chapters 4 and chapter 19, God walks you through the tribulation four times. In other words, he gives you four different slants or four different pictures of this period of tribulation. And now, that that shouldn't be a surprise to us. And, And do you know why? Because we have four different Gospels, don't we? We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know what the Lord does? In those four books the Lord gives you four looks at the Lord's life and ministry. So right, right here, he walks you through the tribulation four times. Now, here's an interesting thing to notice. In these chapters, chapter 4 to 19, the word love is never used, suggested, or even implied. Now, you can't read any of the Pauline epistles, even John's epistles, without being overwhelmed with love. Amen. God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. You know the stuff, amen? It's not there. It's not there. Do you know why it's not there? Because that's no longer the consideration. That's no longer the dispensation that God is operating in. That's no longer the divine economy. You know what God's dealing with here? Wrath. Wrath. God's judgment upon the earth and the inhabitants of the earth. From chapters 4 to 19, and that's the majority of the book. Amen? I mean, it's only 22 chapters. That makes you understand why mankind and his depraved, sinful, unsaved nature is not fond of this book because he sees himself as an object of God's wrath and judgment. And then he says, well, I'm not really crazy about that. Well, honestly, if I was an unsaved man, I wouldn't be crazy about that either. It wouldn't exactly ring my bell. I mean, how would you like the, how do you like the notion of some wild-eyed half-man, half-woman, half-scorpion, and a few other things landing on you and chewing on you for five months? Wouldn't that just make your day? Wouldn't that make your day? 
Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We're going to take a short break here, and when we come back, we're going to continue on with our study of the introduction to the book of Revelation. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers, and we'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Founder of Good Pods. 
If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back, folks, to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. It is, uh, wow, I just, this study has totally, um, really just blown me away so far. And uh, we are studying the uh, introduction to the book of Revelation. We're starting our our trip down through the book of Revelation. And uh, it's really exciting stuff. And uh, I hope you're getting a blessing out of this. I hope you're picking up some good information. Um, So would you take your Bible? And uh, let's head on over to the book of Joel. I think it's about time we get into some scripture, right? (laughs) We're almost done with the study for tonight. Uh, Take your Bible and head over to the book of Joel. And uh, Joel's in your Old Testament. We're going to go over to Joel chapter number two. Joel chapter number two. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. My name is Joe Ruciello. And uh, once again, we are studying, beginning our study in the book of Revelation. Uh, Just doing an introductory type uh, lesson for tonight, and next week we'll get into the actual chapters of the book, 
But for tonight, we're going to be going over to Joel chapter 2 and verse number 28. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Now, this is a passage that a lot of the charismatic folk of this particular day and age like to use to justify some of their, you know, charismatic type activities. They love that verse right there. But they always stop right there. Well, how about the next one? Verse 29. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Now watch it. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. So now has that happened yet? Has the moon turned to blood yet? Well, if it has, I missed it. Didn't you miss it? But God said it's going to happen. Now, folks say, now surely the Lord spoke symbolically. No, he's not. He's not. Now take your Bible and go to Revelation. What I'm trying to show you here, very briefly, um, in other words, if, if I'm going to successfully teach the book of Revelation, we've got to get a few things down as foundation. We've got to know where we're coming from. So Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6 in verse 12. And I beheld when he opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. So now, do you see that thing right there? That's Joel chapter 2 finding its fulfillment. Where? In the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, chapter 6, tribulation stuff. Verse 15. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. So if Revelation was, hit, was written in 66 to 69, and found its fulfillment in 70 A.D., then what happened to all the kings of the earth, all the rich men, and all the rest of them that were supposed to be hiding themselves in caves? What happened to them? What happened to the moon and the sun and the stars and all that phenomena in the heavenlies and out of space? What happened? Did God forget? Did he miss it or what? Chapter 7, verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor the, on the sea, nor on any tree. All right, so this is going to be a worldwide phenomenon, not a localized thing at all. All right, so in reality, the book was written somewhere between 91 and 96 A.D. by, of course, the Apostle John. And that dates the thing well and nails it down. John was exiled on the, on the Isle of Patmos. And it was, you know, undoubtedly when he was exiled there that he wrote this book. All right. Now, the second piece of artillery that's leveled against the book of Revelation is what we briefly referred to or alluded to, uh, the theological system called amillennialism. Now, in reality, amillennialism is for egotists. That's what it's for. It's for the man or the woman that, you know, prides themselves in thinking that they can actually improve the world. So do, do, you see what, do you see what negative thinking this is? Do you see why I would never be a popular speaker in the halls of Congress? This 
is negative thinking, folks. It's absolutely negative. I don't believe that you can improve the world. I believe in entropy. I believe in the second law of thermodynamics. I believe that everything is running downhill. Don't you? You know, I believe morality is running downhill. I believe character is running downhill. I believe human intelligence is running downhill. I don't believe that people are as smart as they were 300 years ago. I don't believe it. I mean, I can get going on that, but that's a whole other deal. You know, I believe this whole thing is going up in smoke. And I believe that the only solution, the only solution is God, period. But an amillennialist, this theory suggests that Christ will never literally return to the earth to establish a kingdom. So consequently, you know, the amillennialist, this guy, is, he's anxious as, as well to establish the date at an earlier writing. And they do this in face of the fact that a thousand years is mentioned six times in the book of Revelation in chapter 20 alone. Take your Bible and go over to Revelation 20. All right? Revelation chapter 20. Now, the book of Revelation says that there is a literal kingdom that's coming. It's going to be a thousand-year kingdom. Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign, period. Let's look at the thing. Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is called, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. A thousand years. So do you suppose God's mean, God means a thousand years? A thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. Okay, well, then, who's deceiving the nations right now? The devil, right? Satan. And if you want to get more on that, go back and find the show we did called The Real Adversary. It deals with the subject of the principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And, it, and we identified all of those things for you in the Bible. And it shows you that some of the demonic creatures that are in the world today are assigned to human government. They're called principalities. Hence, we have names like municipalities, don't we? That's a local government. A principality is a national government. And you know what the devil works on? He works on messing with government. Did you ever notice that? Negative thinking, isn't it? All right, let me show you what positive thinking has brought us. Positive thinking. I believe in the power of negative thinking. I believe you get better results with the power of negative thinking. Let me show you what the power of positive thinking has done for us. The power of positive thinking said, we're going to bring in a new world order. And so we had a civil war. That was supposed to do it. Did you know that? So we left thousands of the best young men of both the North and the South laying dead on the battlefields of America. All in the name of positive thinking. Did you ever really study the Gettysburg Address? When I was in high school, I had to memorize it. It's the power of positive thinking. We're going to bring in a better world. So what did we do? Well, we had World War I, World War II, and that's the power of positive thinking. We're going to do better. We're going to bring in a, a League of Nations. We're going to have a United Nations. We're going to have an ecumenical movement. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And that's all in the name of the power of positive thinking. It doesn't work out that way. 
Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to preaching a little bit there, so forgive me. Let's get back to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 3. Uh, actually, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them which were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. All right. So did you get all that? God says six times, 1,000 years, 1,000 years, 1,000 years. After God says 1,000 years, six or seven times, you get the idea that God means 1,000 years. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up for tonight. So uh, finally, just uh, another term that I want to bring to you is uh, symbolic or allegorical readings. All right. Uh, one of the primary objectives of making something in Revelation symbolic is to veil the identity of the characters of the book. So in other words, a lot of people would say, uh, that, say to you that the book of Revelation is just symbolic. You really couldn't interpret a thing literally. Well, who would tell you that? I mean, after all, Satan isn't particularly interested in anyone knowing he's actually a dragon. The Roman church certainly doesn't want to be identified as the harlot of, Roman, of Revelation chapter 17. And by the way, I believe that the Roman church is only part of that big picture, a very significant part. But there's a bigger part to it uh, than meets the eye, and we'll be getting into that. And, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of news stories that support that. You need to watch. You need to watch. So uh, uh, this is what I want you to do. I want you to search for the Abrahamic family house when you can. All right. And you're going to see article after article after article about Chrislam, uh, which is the combining of Christianity and the Islamic religion. The Roman Pope Francis has been working really hard at bringing together Christianity and the Islamic faith. Now, about three years ago, he was involved in establishing the Catholic Muslim Interfaith Council. You need to check it out. Folks, it's going on. It's taking place. Now, look, you get those two together, and you've got the world's biggest religion in one big package. It's going on. Now, wait a second, though. The Islamic, where's Babylon? Oh, yeah. You know, God calls that Roman harlot Babylon. And it's great to be alive and see the fulfillment of God's word just coming like Niagara Falls over the cliff at us, isn't it? It's exciting. So the allegorical or the uh, symbolic uh, re rendering of the book of Revelation would be to hide or disguise what the truth really is. And God help us to get it all. Now, next week, folks, we're going to get into chapter one. Uh, this, is, you know, this has all been you know, introductory stuff, but next week we'll literally go into the book. So, um, folks, thanks so much for tuning in tonight. 
I really do appreciate you taking the time to do so. When you can, head over to the Sword of the Spirit podcast.com and uh, head over to the contact section. And why don't you send us over a message? Uh, let us know what you're thinking, any questions or comments you might have. Also, while you're on the website, look for the support this podcast button. And if you could help us out with a monthly contribution, that would be great, or a one-time contribution. Until Sunday, Lord willing, God bless you, and take care. Good night, folks. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.